Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible Church, welcome back to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Got Pastor Randy sitting next to me again. Not Trey. Not Trey. I got Randy. Not Austin. Not Austin. Oh, my. And you're Randy. Uh, you look anxious for one of my jokes, like you're anxiously awaiting with bated breath. You you misinterpreted me. Oh. <laughs> Body language isn't my strength, not reading <laughs> it. Uh, but I have one for you. So why can you never trust stairs? Why can't you trust stairs? Why can't you trust sta- stairs? Because... Yup, you're off to a good start. <laughs> that's it, baby. That's all I've got. Because they're always up to something. Ah, uh, because I was thinking down. Yeah. I was thinking down, no. uh, not up. Good. I can get down with them, but... That's a really good one. Yeah. That was you. funny. Thank you. But I love these jokes. Thank you. All right. So we were in uh, week two of the new series, mm-hmm. uh, The Hardworking Faith, mm-hmm. um, and Romans chapter 12. So mm-hmm. if you weren't uh, with us on Sunday, you can obviously watch that sermon on YouTube uh, and catch up, but Romans 12, 1 through 8 was our text, uh, one that's pretty familiar to a lot of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. We, read, um, we read 1 through 8, taught 3 through 8. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, it's the spiritual, one of the spiritual gift passages in the New mm-hmm. Testament. So uh, some questions uh, came in, more than usual, spiritual gifts sometimes prompt yeah. questions. They do, um, always. But... Every week, send those questions into podcast at cbcmj.com. We love them. It makes my life a little easier. It does. Um, otherwise, I've got to come up with questions yeah, myself. Yeah, you don't have to think so hard. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, always appreciate when questions come in. So uh, to get us started, the beginning, before we kind of get into the, the gift questions, a uh, question I had for you about uh, verses, yeah, really verse 3 there, mm-hmm. to not think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some ways that we can gauge whether we're thinking too highly of ourselves uh, than we ought to? Like, mm-hmm. how, how do we balance our capacity for others and their interests or their needs mm-hmm. versus, like, I've got to fill my own cup, mm-hmm. spiritually speaking. I need to have time with the Lord. I need to, mm-hmm. you know, honor my father, mother. I need to, uh, you know, take care of my kids and spouse, that kind of thing. So... Where mm-hmm. where do we gauge? How do we gauge that well? I th- uh, for me, uh, I think of myself more than I should mm-hmm. naturally. When, when I, yes, yeah, uh, and I do that, and I catch myself when I'm actually not thinking about others. Period. Mm. Like just think about the number of you know the number of hours in a day where you just you know you're preoccupied with what you have to do. Yeah. So if that if that spills over into just a general sense of, you know, I really don't think of others. Mm -hmm. That's the start for me. Do I have low, I mean, I say this so often with this, this group on, um, during the early hour, the ABF hour that Mm -hmm. we have, I, you know, if I, if my affections for you and the rest of this flock are low, if Mm -hmm. my affections are low, that's because I'm self-focused. It's for me, it starts with that emotion with it, with an affection at which is driven uh, in the New Testament, for instance, by all of the references to love in the Old Testament, love your neighbor as yourself, which we will quote, uh, we will see quoted by Paul in Galatians on this coming Sunday. Okay. So, I, I, mean, I mean, I would start with that, with, 
you know, I'm, I'm too, I'm thinking that I'm too important if I'm not considering the needs of other people around me. Are they even a blip on my radar type of thing is where I, that's kind of where I start mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, thinking first about, you know, um, have I, have I purposefully neglected to help someone because I was too busy, let's say, something along those lines. So I'm trying to balance out everything else that's going on in my world. Yeah. I was just too busy. I couldn't do it. And maybe I was, but at least, right. I could, at least, you know, it's a question I would ask. Yeah. Allowing time in your day and schedule to say, I'm going to put someone else first. I could do that. Yeah. yeah. There's, there's room in my day for that. If not, probably I'm, I'm too self-focused mm-hmm. on, on maybe good things. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier. Right. Um, okay, good. That's helpful. Thanks. Um, getting into some of the, the spiritual gifts, uh, question is, do you think the gifts described in the passage change over a person's life, or are they always the same? We'll start there. There's, there's, I don't know of any indication in Scripture where... Uh, there's a shift. I don't mm-hmm. know of any. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather start there and, and say, hey, if you can think of a scripture where the gift changes, I can see I can see a person changing their emphasis uh, because of age and stage. Okay. You know, it, it, it could be that, okay, I, 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 you know, it could be that so-and-so is multi-gifted. Mm-hmm. And so for a while, they're really honing in on this particular, they're focused on this particular gift. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden, for whatever reason, now I can only do this or, or I want to do only this. Right. I could see that happening with a multi-gifted. Yeah. I just don't know of any case. And I can't even think in 30 plus years, I can't even think of a person mm-hmm. who uh, was a gifted teacher. But then all of a sudden they, they, they said, no, I'm no longer. And this is what I, mm-hmm. I, I said to somebody the other day. And then all of a sudden, they lost the desire to teach. Yeah, I'm, I'm a spirit-gifted teacher, let's say. This person mm-hmm. is saying this, and they evidence that in the church. Yep. But then all of a sudden, the desire is gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know what happened. Hmm. Is that, is you that said be- you saw that happen. No, no. I said, I've never seen that. I've never seen But think happen. about that as yeah. a scenario, is here's a person with a particular gift. They lose the desire to do that gift. Mm-hmm. What happened to them? Is that between them and God? In other mm-hmm. words, their relationship is at odds a little bit, mm-hmm. or is this what you call burnout? Yeah, you know, which is uh, something that's real, mm-hmm. but I don't know what to make of it spiritually. Mm-hmm. In, in other words, I don't know how to reroute that person with burnout. Right? Do they? Do I say part of the rerouting is well, leave that gift totally alone and pick another way to serve the body? Mm-hmm. Is that going to help them? I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, th- I, th- I think of that in a ministry context, or you think of a pastor who yeah. goes from being the pastor, teacher, yeah. leader, even yeah. to yeah. not. Yeah, does their spiritual gift leave them, or the desire's not there? Yeah. Um, that's I think yeah. a practical way that that might flesh itself out. Yeah, uh, professionally, but on down to uh, oh, other they, people who teach in church. You know, yeah, uh, any kind of a class or a situation where they just yeah. say. I'm done. Yeah, use that. I mean, use that example of, you know, the uh, the clergy, uh, a clergy person that, you know, has has used their gift in a particular way, whatever their gift is, they've used it, and then 
they're done in the pastorate. They retire. Yeah. And so one of the things mm-hmm. I, I wanted to I wanted to come back to that and I didn't on Sunday was to go back to the retirees and say, is it possible for a person to retire from the body except for health issues that just keep them from doing the very thing that they could they used to do? Mm-hmm. Is that possible? Yeah. To retire from the body. And that's it's, I think that's what every retiree should ask. Yeah. And I, and I started with the retirees early on in the sermon because I had so much in my head about different people that I know wish they could do more, mm-hmm. but they just can't. Right. But what, what worries me is the person that retires out of the body. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The only thing I can think of scripturally of a gift more coming than going mm-hmm. would be when Paul says to the Corinthian church, earnestly desire the greater gifts. So yep. they don't have them. You're a believer, you don't have it, but desire it yep. as if yep. ask for it, and maybe the Lord will bless it, bless you with exactly. it for, like, for the building up of his church. Yeah. And that's always what it's for. Yep. Um, and in the case of Corinth, they were, they were emphasizing a gift that was not actually one of the greater gifts. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, so second part to that question, mm-hmm. which I didn't get to, was are you born with a spiritual gift, or are they given for specific times during specific seasons? I think... Uh, Spiritual gifts in general mm-hmm. are given at the moment of conversion, not at the moment of birth. Mm-hmm. Or I, d- I don't believe that this is, I, you know, I'm sure somebody might say, well, this is all predestined, predetermined, and all that, preordained. I have no doubt that an internal God is seeing all this. Mm-hmm. But practically speaking, what we know is that the gifts are connected to the Spirit, which is connected to regeneration. So, a person accepts here's the gospel accepts Christ the mm-hmm. spirit of god is given to them god's best gift which according to peter makes them partakers of the divine nature which includes the desire and the capacity to serve the body the spiritual gift so at conversion mm-hmm. the person is gifted there is no such thing in scripture as a person having the spirit but not having a spiritual gift yeah that's just i mean that's like god putting somebody in the body for no reason Right. And you did kind of differentiate between um, a gift and a talent, like a, a natural talent, yeah. which someone would be born with. Yeah. I so mean, I, I did. I spent like just seconds on that. Yeah, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So. And that would be something that someone is obviously kind of born with. It's kind of ingrained in yeah. them a little bit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or they've kind of learned it through yeah. their... Example. Yep. Or just... Culture. Yep. All kinds of things, yeah, yeah. Um, but not necessarily a spiritual gift. Uh, along that line, mm-hmm. let's use teaching as an example. Yeah, uh, I mean, some people are teachers, yeah. like in a school setting or some yeah. kind of education, yeah. gifted classroom, gifted teachers, mm-hmm. uh, but may not have the spiritual gift of teaching. It's it is possible. Yeah, that one of the discussions I had earlier this week was along those lines, where take you know take someone in the school system. Uh, you know, they, they really excel. And, but the question is, do they have the desire and the capacity to serve the body that way? Mm-hmm. So my, my comment was, what would you do with, um, you know, I mean, we could use all these names, right? We've got a, a Vaughn Stauffer, who I would love to be his student. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to me, that would be fun. Uh, Sean Neslin, that would be fun. Uh, Phil, isn't Phil Nolt another one? Phil Nolt, Eric uh, Lee. And Andrew Pry, he doesn't teach anymore. He's just an administrator, so they That's can't right. really deal with him. No, he doesn't But teach. Uh, he doesn't really do anything. Uh, what if what if one of those guys were really good in the classroom, but they had no desire to serve the body that way? 
Mm-hmm. Again, you got two options. They either don't know about their spiritual gift and, and someone needs to instruct them, mm-hmm. or it isn't their spiritual gift, or they are disobedient with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few options that we run sure. with a person like that who's doing well in the classroom, but no desire to do that at church. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking about what if a, a, a man or a woman said, I teach all week long. I'm tired of that. Mm-hmm. I would say God didn't gift them to teach the church. Yeah, They're doing their job all week, doing a great job, but they're just, they just don't have the desire to do it at church. So yeah. either that's between them and God and they need to work that out or they're just not gifted. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, along that same line of teaching, uh, another question here is, if a member of the faith family is not afraid to stand up and speak to a group, yeah. does that mean that teaching is their gift? That's got to be the dumbest question I've ever heard in my entire life. No, there life. are no, no dumb no, no, questions. No, no, that is. That sounds like a Ray Newland question to me. <laughs> I'm just guessing. I'm going out on a limb. I think I, what I loved about that, you know, I, I did happen to see that one because it came across my uh, my computer as, as to email. podcast. Yeah, the email. Yeah. Through podcast. What is it? Yeah, CB- so for what, what it's worth, it? Randy gets these emails now, what not just me. Yeah. Podcast at cbcmj.com. That's what it is. I okay. say it every week. You do, don't you? Come on, Randy. Yeah, well, I say things every week. And <laughs> you you do. don't get them. So, hey, we're, <laughs> That's we're even. That's fair. So I, I did see that a little bit. When I saw Ray's name, I thought, I got to look because this is going to be off the wall. I know it is, but it was such a great question. Yeah. And so it's interesting, right? Public speaking, the fear of public speaking is still like one of the top fears of Mm -hmm, anybody. mm -hmm. So I I think the question was, well, what if you got someone who's not afraid of it? Yeah, not afraid to stand up and speak to a a teacher, a spiritually gifted teacher. The great thing about a place like this or some other local church that that does this is you get someone that's not afraid of public speaking. Mm -hmm. And now you put them in a setting where they can at least try. Mm-hmm. serve the body in this class. For us, remember, we're often putting new people with veterans so that we can sort of watch mm-hmm. and, and see and, and monitor, especially if they're new to us, a new entity. So, but I don't know if that alone would be the, the, the thing. I, yeah, I would agree. They're, um, they're not afraid of it. Yeah. Now let's say, do they have the desire to serve the body? Mm-hmm. And that's what it is. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm, I go back to what motivates me. I love being able to read the Bible with these folks. Mm-hmm. That's a God. That's a God-given thing. That's not just something that I drummed up. Yeah. Because in the early uh, years of thinking about that, I was afraid to death of this. Yeah. And it's still scary. Mm-hmm. So if you start with a person who's fearless about speaking in front of people, that's a great start. Mm-hmm. But now let's say, do they have a desire to serve the body? Right. And then, can they do it? Are they effective? Yeah. Yeah, some people um, are petrified of public speaking, yeah. and would be that would be a debilitating time, whether it's a uh, in front of the whole church or whether it's in front of a classroom of fourth and fifth graders or something yeah. like that. Um, and whatever that fear is, could kind of just freeze, and it just might not be a good fit. So the yeah. fear of public speaking could limit somebody, it, it but sure there's could. also people who you know, in a pastoral shoes are petrified of public speaking, but they get up and the Spirit yeah, empowers them, them and uses them yeah. uh, despite the, the weekly oh, yeah. the butterflies, fears, yeah. anxieties. 
throwing yeah. up backstage oh, or yeah, whatever, you know, in yeah. front of a, yeah. you know, a crowd, whatever. My dad was so shy to think of him becoming a pastor was a stretch. I was like, mm-hmm. wow. But the Lord was doing all kinds of things in, in his life. Mm-hmm. Chan Cutting, I saw this morning, which yeah. uh, he's the, the pastor at Lebanon Valley Bible, mm-hmm. a dear friend and a, a great pastor. So he came over and I saw you come in. So we had a, just a moment together. Mm-hmm. And I, I said, are you healthy? And he said, boy, I had a bout with limes. Uh, you know how bad mm-hmm. limes can be? Yeah. And he said, it is so hard when you're when you have a foggy brain. Hmm. And he said there was times when he went up to preach and he literally didn't know what he was going to say. Hmm. He just lost his train of thought. And he said, thankfully, the Holy Spirit of God helped me to hmm. to, to do something. Yeah. There's an example, of course, of the Holy Spirit does. He creates the desire and the capacity. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if we covered all of Ray's uh, comment there, but you know, the, the fear factor is certainly one of those things that if you're gifted, God is not going to gift the person and then they're not going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. God is going to gift them. They'll get over any fear, which I think a lot of us feel like this is nervous. It's nerve wracking. I mean, mm-hmm. you touch my hands on Sunday morning and they're always cold because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. Um, but someone who's not afraid of public speaking at least would probably be willing to give it a try. Give it a try. Get up there. And, and, and you know, with that in mind, it may not go, you know, be a 10 out of 10 the first time. Yeah. It might not be a 5 out of 10. Yeah. But if the desire is there, yeah. the willingness to grow and listen and learn yeah. and continue to study and handle God's Word, that gift can grow and, you know. And what you just said was was really important about that gift. Take that prophetic gift, which uh, we may address in a moment, that mm-hmm. prophetic gift, and then they, I think, a few, uh, a couple of later, right, was the teaching one. I mm-hmm. forget whether that was the third one. So you had uh, prophecy, then service, and then one who teaches. Yeah. So what you just said was so important because for the prophecy and the teaching gift, mm-hmm. at, at least for those two, not only the desire to teach, but the desire to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In other words, you're, you're not going to have the gift of God to teach if you don't also have this sense of, I, I want to be a good student. Mm-hmm. I want to learn this. I want to be able to give this out. Mm-hmm. So that was a good point you just made about yeah. you know what what takes place in a person's life with a particular gift. Right. All right. So that does help us get to prophecy. Then, last question or two here for us. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about prophecy? Uh, Sunday morning you described it as uh, interpretation of God's word. Uh, so that that's a tough one because in the Old mm-hmm. Testament we have this these prophets. Yeah. Right. These preachers, teachers guardians of the the law yeah um type role is that the same is uh interpreting god's word what part does that play in it mm-hmm. and then sometimes what we see in culture in 21st century is this idea that prophecy is a foretelling yeah and that's some of what happens in the old testament so that i think that carries over primarily mm-hmm. to this idea that god gave them a word yeah they're speaking god's word to somebody yeah so I'll let you go. No, I mean, they, you know, the first thing is, if you're if you're interested in a in a subject like prophecy, then just trace some of the other uses in the New Testament, especially Paul's language, so you can see what's going on with that gift. We know for sure that prophecy is when a person stood up in a in a worship service and announced the word of God in a language that was understood by the congregants. Mm-hmm. We knew, we know that. 
with the contrast between prophecy and tongues. Mm-hmm. So my angle came from, I think it was the old commentator, uh, Hodge, that used the term interpretation of God's word. Mm-hmm. Because what happens with prophecy, it, the key is that you have an authorized word where you say, this is what God said. Mm-hmm. So you're either rereading the scriptures, which remember in the early church, they didn't have scriptures like we do. So how did that, how did, how did revelation occur? So there, you know, someone gets up and speaks for God. Mm-hmm. Now in our day, what's difficult is when a person stands up and speaks for God and it's extra biblical. Yeah. Is there, is that an authorized word or not? That's what makes this very difficult. So in our day, normally prophecy is associated, and it was Graham Scroggy, an old commentator, who said that this prophetic word, this, pro- this prophetic gift, the gift of prophecy equaled preaching. Now, that might be too strong, mm-hmm. but, that, but it's not bad because for me to end the reading and to say this is God's word, that's mm-hmm. the first thing out of my mouth. Mm-hmm then that's the signal that what we're studying is God's word to us. This is not my word. This is God's word. Mm-hmm. I want to interpret it well for this congregation. Mm-hmm. And you do too. I mean, you've been doing yeah. it and you will be doing it. So the, the prophecy is an authorized spokesperson for God. I would equate that most of the time with the soul watching that you and I do. Mm-hmm. That's what I would, because that's, we're the ones who primarily say God is speaking to us. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. As opposed to someone standing up and saying, I have a word from God. Mm-hmm. Well, that could be bad pizza from the night before. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily be a word from God. And how do you test that? Which we're supposed to do. In some ways, that sounds a little bit too like exhortation, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, mm-hmm. where you're, you have kind of insight into someone's life, an understanding of the scripture, and it, like a sense of, this person needs to hear this from yeah. me. God's yeah. laid it on my heart. He's brought it to my yeah, attention. That's good. So I'm going to speak this that's good. biblical truth yeah. and understanding of God's word yeah. and wisdom for life into yeah. his life and uh, exhort them. And that, the way you just described it, that actually would be, I think, a prophetic gift as well. Mm-hmm. The exhortation which comes in, the one who exhorts in verse 8, mm-hmm. that, that word is clear. That's that... Um, that you may remember that Greek, that compound word parakaleo, mm-hmm. to call, you bring alongside or call them alongside. Yeah. Well, that person is coming alongside of another person. Remember, the range, though, is from comfort to counsel. It's, mm-hmm. it's very broad. Yeah. So that is an urging for this person to stay on the way and so forth. It might contain an authoritative word. And if right. it did, now I think the lines blur into a prophetic gift as well. Mm-hmm. But normally the urging is not is not a, I am going to speak for God for you. I'm not speaking for God for you. I'm actually, God has laid this on my heart to say to you, which mm-hmm. is different authority. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And, and Unless you have a verse with it. Right. And again, I think part of the confusion around that prophecy gift is because of the way we view the Old Testament prophets. Mm-hmm. I think yep. I've probably mentioned it here, but we just came through a study on the book of Amos. Yeah. Well, some of that is foretelling, Yeah. but that's a small piece of the book of Amos. Most of it is God using Amos to challenge and exhort them and bring them back uh, despite their disobedience and just kind of exposing uh, their their disobedience and lack of 
yeah. faith. Yeah. Um, this is what God says is going to happen to you if you don't change your ways. I mean, the yeah. prophets did a lot of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, these, uh, these spiritual gifts, um, yeah, I mean, they're important. To get to prophecy again just one mm-hmm. more time. Sure. I mean, the First Corinthians 14, if you're looking to understand that, mm. gift in particular, that would be a good chapter to that read. Is. That really helps to flesh it out. And really yeah. the main thrust of that is prophecy, this gift of prophecy is to help build up the church. Yeah. Uh, so that would be a way to yeah. know yeah. if that gift's being exercised. For sure, yeah. Okay, good. Um, so I think that's all we've got. We did good with day. those? Yeah, I think so. All right, where are we, where are we going next week, next upcoming Sunday? Uh, Galatians uh I think it's Galatians 5, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the chapter, is this statement about faith working itself through love. Hmm. And this passage is it's, it, very, very important for any faith family. So a hardworking faith is going to display itself with love for each other. And then if you drop down to like verse 13, 14, and 15, mm-hmm. you can see why love has to be why faith has to move us in the direction of love because the opposite of that is a congregation that really kind of destroys itself. So it's a good text okay. about, again, faith at work. Uh-huh. So, All right. Yeah. We want to do that here. Yeah, we do. We live, sure do. Live in love like family. Yes. That's one of our core values. It is. Yeah. Being yeah. a faith family. Excellent. Great. All right. Uh, well, thanks again for listening and jumping in with us again this week. Randy, thanks for hey. not laughing at my jokes. You're welcome. And uh, we will. It's a what? That was a good. That was a good one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you. Was very funny. I'll bring. I'll bring another one next week then. Oh my. That you can roll your eyes at. Okay. Good. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys on Sunday. Be well. Stay dry. Actually, get wet. Get in the pool. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.